Wait, what? So this happened. I'm Rachel Vallesnor, and this is the podcast Hell is Not the End, although it feels like just the beginning sometimes. Is anything really the end, though? This podcast is meant to explore the limitless possibilities of one's own soul. Why do people do bad things? Why are there countless happenings beyond understanding? Why, when we are cautioned not to do something, do we just do it anyway? The definition of curiosity, a strong desire to know or learn something. There you have it. I will curiously explore why. Hell is not the end. King's Island opened on April 29, 1972 in Mason, Ohio, and operates spring through fall. King's Island is a 364-acre amusement park located 24 miles northeast of Cincinnati. It is owned and operated by Cedar Fair, a publicly traded Master Limited partnership headquartered at its Cedar Point Amusement Park in Sandusky, Ohio. It was part of a larger effort to expand Coney Island, not to be confused with the Coney Island in New York. It was a popular resort destination along the banks of Ohio River that was prone to frequent flooding. After more than $300 million in capital investments, the park now features over 100 attractions including 14 roller coasters and a 33-acre water park. Kings Island was conceived around 1964 when Coney Island had suffered a flood and was submerged under 14 feet of water. Floods seemed to be common at the park, but a flood in 1964 would cause more than the usual flood damage. And since the already established Coney Island was already experiencing a limited park space, discussions of relocating the park started to happen. Although floods would wreak havoc on the park, it remained successful. The son of Coney Island's president, who was also among the family and friends owned the majority of the park's stocks, would lead the way in trying to talk investors into relocating the park. He thought it was in the interest of the park in order to stay competitive to relocate and expand. He traveled abroad to gather new ideas to present to the company's board of directors. His ideas would not even be taken seriously until 1968, when Fess Parker decided to build Theme Park in northern Kentucky. Fess Parker was an American actor who was most famously known for playing Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone. This announcement would create an immediate threat to their amusement park's competition. After the company's panic of buying up extra land to expand, Fess Parker's plan for an amusement park would soon fall apart. The threat of competition was gone for now. Construction begins on June 15, 1970. Later that year, a contest to name the park was brought to the public. Kings Island would become the most popular choice by far. Most of Coney Island's rides were relocated to the Kings Island site, and some that remained were demolished. Coney Island didn't close, though. A popular ride named Sunlight Pool, the world's largest circulating pool, still operated and the park was partially restored. In fact, the pool still operates until this day, but due to the pandemic, COVID-19, the park has been suffering like so many others. One of the first major attractions at Kings Island was called the Racer. It was a wooden roller coaster consisting of two trains that raced side by side on identical tracks. The Racer was the first of its kind in 35 years and played an integral part of the roller coaster innovation of the 1970s. It was designed by a legend that came out of retirement just to design it and then itself became a legend. 
It was distinguished a roller coaster landmark by American coasters enthusiasts, ACE, A-C-E, in recognition for its historical significance. Many attractions have come and gone over Kings Island's history. Many collaborations have helped since shape its history, including Hanna-Barbera, Scooby-Doo themed lands, Peanuts, and Planet Snoopy. In 1974, a 69-year-old Carl Willunda set a world record for the longest tightrope skywalk at a distance of 1,800 feet, 60 feet off the ground. In 1975, Evil Knievel successfully jumped 14 Greyhound buses on his Harley-Davidson, clearing a distance of 133 feet, a record that stood until 1999. On the heels of the success of not just the rides so far, but the attention of the certain daredevils causing record-breaking notoriety, the park knew it would have to maintain public interest moving forward. In 1979, a wooden roller coaster, a mammoth roller coaster, named the Beast, would be designated and manufactured in-house. It would be the tallest, fastest, and longest roller coaster in the world. To this day, the Beast is still the longest roller coaster at 7,359 feet across 35 acres of hilly terrain and lasting four minutes long. But like every park we discuss, this one isn't free of tragedy either. I know I probably miss many attractions that may have been favorites to people that have visited the park over the years. I did my best to highlight the park's accomplishments as well as point out how tragedy strikes whether you expect it or not. During a grad night in 1982, a teenager died after jumping the guardrail to ride on top of the elevator at the park's replica of the Eiffel Tower. He was struck by the elevator's counterweight and landed at the top of the elevator. The Eiffel Tower at the park is a one-third scale replica of the Eiffel Tower in Paris, France. Another grad night death around the same era happened when a teenager decided to jump headfirst into a large fountain on the International Street and suffered a fatal head-neck injury. June 10, 1991. Three people die in two separate incidents at the park. Two men were electrocuted in the pond near the German beer garden and the Viking ship ride, a swinging ride. One man, William Haithcote, 20, was electrocuted by a faulty wire, and the other man, Daryl Robertson, also 20, was electrocuted trying to help the alien William. Daryl was an employee at the park at the time and had no idea for the source of the trouble. He just saw William in trouble. Another man was hospitalized but stayed in fair condition. Also, that day, a 32-year-old woman was killed after falling off the flight of Commander Ride, just before the park was about to close. It was reported that Candy Taylor was intoxicated and that her limp body slipped from the rides or strains that included not only a lap belt, but shoulder harnesses as well. Flight Commander was a tower with 22 two-person pods that rotated around it. The pods ascended up the tower and riders could raise, lower, or invert their pods. In the 1970s, two people are killed by lions in the monorail safari area. These would be the first deaths at the park. The second of the two deaths would prompt the end of the monorail safari area for good. More to come on these deaths in the next episode. My hope is that no one has to live in fear, ever. As always... 
I will never give up and read the signs. Special links to all the reading materials I can get my hands on, internet mostly, thanks to wikipedia.org and ultimaterollercoaster.com. Thanks so much for listening. I am Rachel Vallis-Nor, and this is the podcast, Hell is Not the End. <laughs>